0: What's going on? It's your boy, CEO Hayes, and we are at the 129th numbered episode of the Awakened Soul podcast. That is not counting our special episodes and bonus episodes that we've had over the last two years. But let's not get bogged down on that. How's you guys' week been? We're coming off Thanksgiving. Hopefully everyone's holiday was as blessed and bountiful and just filled with just good times, laughs, and family like it should be. Around the holiday time. Hopefully, no one's family stressed them out. Uh, it was a good holiday for me and mine. Uh, but before we get into all of the nitty and gritty, I do want to say off the top make sure you guys are following The Awakened Soul, and that's at The Awakened Soul Pod. You can also follow me if you want to follow me uh, at CEO Hayes. That's at C-E-O-H-A-I-Z-E And we got a hell of a show planned for you guys this week. I was really moved by seeing Queen, Queen and Slim that. Uh, we have a large portion of the show that's going to be dedicated to it. So I'm going to have a non-spoiler section where I break down some of the themes in the movie, um, the director, the actors, the writer, um, and just where we talk about things overall on a high level. Then we'll make sure we mark it before we go into spoilers. So if you do want to stay spoiler free, you can miss out and uh, not listen to that part. Come back and listen to it after you've seen the movie. So I will give a spoiler warning. When we get to that point, so don't be worried that I'm just gonna start spewing off spoilers uh, off the top of your head. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that. Um, there's a lot in that movie that I want to discuss, so it does leave a lot to talk about. We will have the end the of mind hay segment as well, where I just get off some things that are in my mind over the course of the week. If you're a first time listener, I do want to know how you guys found the podcast, whether it was from uh ad or someone told you or us promoting on Twitter. Wanna know how you found out about us. Um make sure you're also following the Breaks Media. Uh that's a media company that this part this podcast is a part of that I do co own and it is some of the best representation of the black culture that you will find at the Breaks Media. So make sure you go in and checking all that out. I think that's enough for the housekeeping this week. I'm not going to tell you guys what we got in the End of Minor Hayes segment. Um, I do want to send shout outs though. Um, specifically shout out to my boy AJ, from what we're gonna do because AJ just launched his merch store and it is just excellent. I'm so proud of him. He launched it on Black Friday, so shout out to that brother. I also want to shout out uh, Stephanie from the I Said No podcast who has a great merch line as well. Merch is one of those things when you're a creative that that we can make money off of, and it also gives us a chance, an opportunity to d- display our creativity in a way that we don't usually do. Um, for all those who aren't usually using the video. Uh, mediums that we have so please make sure you're going and checking them out you're going and supporting uh those are two people that i do stand by in this podcasting game not only for uh the their podcast themselves but the quality of the people um the the person who delivers those podcasts so stephanie and aj um but that's it that's it uh we're gonna go ahead we're gonna get into our intro the other side of that we're gonna hop into my dark twisted and crazy ass mind I will see you guys there.
1: The following is a Breaks Media podcast. You're now listening to the best podcast in the world, The Awakened Soul, hosted by my daddy. Say we're flying
0: going on beautiful people so we're hopping into my dark and twisted crazy ass mind and so the first thing that's on my mind is kind of I guess it's it's uh Popeyes adjacent in in relation so I was reading an article in which um they were talking about the social media strategy of Popeyes and how it helped with the marketing of this chicken sandwich and therefore the money that it generated and this all kind of went back to a single tweet that really kind of got this this black twitter movement going and it was Popeye's retweeting Chick-fil-A, I believe, and saying y'all good. And so in this like this kind of even though uh this lady um says that it was it was it's a team. Of course, it's a team that does that does Popeye's social media, but Angela Brown, who's kind of the lone black woman uh, on this social media team of Popeye's that, that manages their social media account and activity. And so that one, one tweet of y'all good after that gained Popeye's 25,000 followers overnight. Overnight. And so this got me to thinking of, the the power that that we have in us and in black people and when we do become a movement how much we can move things but i wanted to kind of put a twist on it to to really bring it home and let you know how i guess you know some people you think of this as cultural appropriation some people don't but it's this thing called aave and that's african-american vernacular english and so it's basically to sound the the strategies that these companies that are used to sound hip or cool and how that relates to black culture. Now, there was a article a couple uh, I think it was it like it was like a year or two ago in which it said that Google's AI actually had a bias to the black vernacular. And it's funny how now kind of just a year or, or a couple years later, now that we see All this, all of our language, all of our terms, uh, Hot Girl Summer, how that was used and and flipped around, to mean, a, a completely different thing. And people were using it in marketing as well. Like we see our language being used at a at a high level like these these companies are using it specifically in their social media. And then the notice that it gets and we've I've talked about the savagery of Wendy's social media a few times before in this podcast. But Wendy's does it as well. And I think if you look around to a lot of it, it's not just Popeye's. It's not just Chick-fil-A. It's not just Wendy's. Our language, the something that we were at one point frowned down upon, Ebonics and how it was looked at the way that we talked. Yeah, people always have imitated it, but not at the level that it is now. And so, if that doesn't make you realize the power and what we have, and how our culture informs these businesses, informs other cultures, like we've always known that we've been the most imitated, the most duplicated. Our music, our 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 our, our the way we talk, the way we dress, the, our music, everything now is so commonly being taken from Black culture, and now like our our the way that we talk, the way that we joke is now being turned into more of general internet speak when you think about it i a former employee at chase bank Chase bank uh twitter does it from time to time like and it's funny because when you look at like as social media brand ambassadors and everything become more and more important to these brands are the the people that they're imitating are are black are black faces or i guess black black twitter fingers being put behind these social media um, companies these companies social medias um, and are we being promoted to ha- to hire the, the the young black entrepreneurs the young black people who know how to who are social media savvy yes in a way we are but in also ways we're not and there's no perfect way or perfect formula and how to go viral but I guarantee you if you look at some of the tweets from businesses that have gone viral in the last couple of years most of them do have our vernacular in it in some shape form or fashion or something from our music something from our culture a fad from something that we have going on they include that into it and that and that's and that's the thing for example like uh when tgi fridays had the one dollar (laughs) lits the long island iced teas even back when we were still using fleek or bay like how often do you see now these things come into the light in these businesses being used or these companies being used that aren't necessarily black owned it just really makes you think it, it makes you sit back and really appreciate that for something that we have we had been judged for for so long now is making these companies money and then it's 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 funny that uh, this Angela Brown even even says that it, she did feel a way Working for something that involves fried chicken and the stereotypes and the racism that play a part in that. Um, and and it's it's it, 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 of course you would feel away. And, you know, to kind of talk about the point that I made earlier. So, for example, chief marketing officers, people of color only make up 13 percent of that. And breaking that down a little bit further, five percent are Hispanic or Latin, five percent are Asian and three percent are black. Three percent of of 13% of of chief marketing officers. And if people aren't really realizing how now that's th- their social media game is so important and indicative of getting the the black people to pay attention, black twitter to pay attention, to go viral, how important we are in that. And then some of that too is like even when you look at other things like how how much like, like we're talking about marketing now, but let's t- let's take a step back and let's take a look at how many of commercials how many um are of these internet comedians are using a form of our black culture things that go on that are either like there there's a whole culture of comedians that imitate male comedians at that that imitate what they see as a black woman to really grow up and blow our culture is the most imitated thing period point blank if you don't if you if you if you don't agree with that, you're just not fucking paying attention in my opinion. That's just it. You're just not fucking paying attention or you're choosing to be ignorant to the fact of how we influence so much shit around us. But that's what's on my mind this week. And it's funny how like one article really sent me down a path and I'm just looking and I'm like this is it, it you're you're right. And and now like I'm I'm for example, I'm scrolling through Twitter earlier today like just chilling and like you just see all the examples of our culture being used by these brands. And it's it's fine to, to a degree. But now I want to see the people who are put in in decision making uh, capacities or who are in charge of the social media or marketing in general. I want to see more black faces on, on top of that. And I, I will hope that we all do. That's it. That's, my, that's the one thing on my mind this week. Like I said, I got a lot to say about Queen and Slim, so I'm not going to belabor the point or get into too much of it or just harp on it too much. So I wanted to talk about that for sure. Um, we're going to go ahead and take a break. You're going to hear from another Breaks Media podcast. Then you're going to hear some music. And after that, I'm going to jump into... My non-spoiler thoughts on Queen and Slim. I'll see you guys there.
1: What's up, everybody? This is Dan, a.k.a. Dan on Drugs. And I am Afro Becky, a.k.a. Afro Becky. And we are the Black Law and Legal Lies podcast. podcast. A weekly legal podcast. And our lovely, esteemed moderator, Afro Becky. Most of our topics are legal in nature, and we discuss them in a relatable way. We release new episodes every Tuesday. Yo, you can find us anywhere podcasts are available. Or you can find us on social media at Black Law Podcasts. So check us out. Or don't. Hey. What? Sometimes people do like the opposites. you for you for you,
0: for you, for you Look alive,
1: life too short, mine is go with the report Speaking about me and you, since they got me off the porch I've been beating black and blue, the story of my life Tell me something about you, where you from, did you stay or did you run You ever thought about the daughter or a son, no You looking for a Jason Lyric or a Love Jones I know you probably sick of love songs, but I do life for your love. I would probably swing the knife for your love. Go against everything right for your love. And I would probably man down them if they ever tried to stifle your love. Cross the line, I just might feel
0: love. All right, what's going on, people? And I'm back. So this is like, I, I will say this before we get into the Queen of Slim review. Like, I'm getting back into, like, more true solo hosting. And that means, like, just me by myself. Um, you guys will still get interviews. Actually, I have a bunch planned for 2020 with like entrepreneurs. We're also going to be finishing the uh, the uh, deconstructing transphobia series as well. So we're gonna we we have guests and series planned. But going in, I'm gonna get back to like really just being okay with being in front of this mic by myself and talking, especially when it's things like this where I just have a lot of thoughts about this movie in queen and slim and i really don't want to have to um like subject anyone to like just hearing me well be a guest and like kind of figure out where and when they can get their thoughts in because i just have so much spewing in my mind we will be reviewing this a more uh traditional review on the film frequency me and my boy jb will be Uh, reviewing this at the end of the month i believe that episode will drop december 23rd um so be on the lookout for that but for me to get into this movie let me just first say um this was a movie that i necessarily wasn't like extremely looking forward to i thought that it would probably be a pretty solid movie like i didn't think it would be bad at all alina waith i just she's a great uh, writer in my opinion i love the shy I just really enjoy her writing style. And so that right there was going to have me in and then the cast and we'll get into that um, a little bit more as well. But, you know, I I, I wasn't like super, super excited about it. I did not think or expect to be moved by this movie in the way that I was. So the first thing that we're going to talk about, I do want to talk about Lena Waite. And so... Lena Waithe's credits include uh, a short film, Save Me, which I have not seen. She was a producer on Dear White People, producer on Stepsisters. Uh, she acted in Ready Player One. And then she was a the screenwriter and the co-story writer and co-producer of this movie. She's done episodes of Girlfriends. Um, of course, uh, like I said, The Shy. She's wrote for This Is Us, Dear White People, The Show. Uh, she's also going to be a writer on uh, The Boomerang. TV show and Westworld coming up into in 2020. So uh, th- she she's really kind of one of those people who are at the front of the new class in in black film. And so um, in her like creating this, uh, this film, she already had the director in mind where well, she presented to the director. And, you know, this story was set out to be a love story more than anything else. And I think that's something that you're going to hear that theme throughout uh, me reviewing and talking about this, this movie. Um, but Lena Waithe is, like I said, she is, to me, going to be somebody that we look out for for the next 20 years. And I think that as she continues to develop as a writer and gets uh, more cachet to really do more things she, want in ho- she wants in Hollywood, we're going to continue to see more and more uh, stuff probably like this from from her. And, you know, a lot of the backlash that I've seen so far in this movie hasn't really been about the acting, hasn't been about the direction or necessarily the story so much i think that a lot of people have issues with her writing style because lena waith writes from the standpoint of i'm not going to over explain a lot to you i'm going to throw references in there i'm going to kind of expect you to get them but most of the way that she writes really puts you in in it drops you in the world and she wants you to figure it out you're kind of a character in this world and you're seeing the main characters pop out not just in this movie in the shy too they don't over explain a lot and a lot of things with film now you know, it's funny that she gets critiqued for that because for a while in film, it was always the show don't tell. Um, we'd rather see the story develop than just hear it thrown out in dialogue, and she she doesn't necessarily. Sh- like, she's just such an interesting writer and in how the the way that she the perspective in which she, she sets these films in. And I like I get I get it. I can get why uh, people would have an issue with some of the story points and some of the writing in this movie. And, you know, a lot of it has to do with the ending. We'll get into that in the spoiler section. I promise you no spoilers here in this current section. We'll have a music break before we get into it so you don't have to worry about it. But I just feel like that's a, a why she's getting a lot of blowback for this movie is the, is just her writing style. She expects her the viewers to be engulfed in these characters and kind of not worry about a lot of the tent, the the stuff that's mentioned on the outskirts. If you want to research it afterwards, you get it. If you get the references, you you you'll get it. It's de- it's deepened in, in that sense, but she doesn't over explain a lot. And I think that that sets some people off, especially nowadays with how people are about wanting everything right then and there. So that's just my opinion on that. Doesn't necessarily mean that that's everyone's critiques. That's just a lot of the critiques I've seen so far uh, with this film. Let's get into the director, Melina Matisoukis. And if I mispronounce her name, Queen, I'm sorry. I really don't mean anything by it. But um, this was her first feature film uh, direction. So she's actually directed some other stuff. Uh, she's directed music videos, which we'll get into the, how that influenced this movie here in, here in a second. But as far as um like what she's done, she's directed seven episodes of Insecure, two episodes of uh, Master of None. And she's the executive producer on Why. I believe that's the adaptation of Why the Last Man. I may be wrong on that one. Um, And then this has been this is her first feature film direction in Queen and Slim. And this is where a lot of where I was not expecting to be as engulfed in this movie as what I was the way that she uses music. And, you know, I I, I tweeted this out and uh shout out to Ms. 100 from uh, her geniuses. He had mentioned, well, didn't hype Williams do it too. And I think it's a little bit different. Um, She does cite belly as an influence of this movie, but I think with what Hype Williams did with Belly, in my opinion, was more of a long form music video. Like some of the sequences with music were really just great visuals with solid songs behind them. But it felt like a music video, like the way that everything transitioned. What Melina does here with the score and with the use of music, like there there were certain scenes in which the characters really did not talk much. Or maybe there was like a couple of lines. But everything that they were feeling and thinking was conveyed in the music that was behind it. Uh, there's a beautiful scene in this movie um, that where they, the characters dance. And that's all I'll say, because this is in spoilers and the way that the music and the lighting and everything was used there. You felt the passion. And that's what again, this is a love story. Even her in her interview, she had uh, if anyone doesn't listen to the director's cut podcast, which is a podcast with directors sitting down and talking about their latest film but it's a director talking to another director so if you really really love film um it's a great podcast to listen to but she was discussing how she really overall wanted this to be a love story a story about how the how two people fall in love and that's conveyed through the through the music and every every major scene in this has some music behind it that just it just heightens it so much and as a first-time director uh the also some of the the little tricks that she did at, at one point there's a camera that's placed on the door of the car and so as the characters open and close the door the camera kind of moves with it and just the the perspective the camera angle that that you're in on that it would have kind of been impossible to, to to get it any kind of way other than how she filmed it and that just shows such a great director's mind and i know listen people i am a film nerd so if you aren't super into film This may not be the episode for you, but it's just it's it's great. And like I said, she has a music video background and she actually discussed in that podcast that I mentioned how initially she wanted that was her goal. She wanted to be a music video director. She had aspirations to be that. And you see that come through here. And that's that's somebody who's passionate in the craft. Like that's something I try to do in this podcast is find a way to combine all my passions into making a great product. And I feel like that's what she did in this movie and the cast. I guess it's time to talk about the cast of this movie um Daniel Kaluuya who we all know from Get Out uh Lena Waithe had him in mind when she was writing the role uh the director Melina didn't necessarily want him to be until she sat down and met him because the character in Get Out was very different from Ernest in this film and she she talked about how she sat down with him and from leaving that she knew that he was going to be this character and <laughs> Daniel Kaluuya is just like he's somebody who I feel like we're not going to appreciate the great roles that he that he's picked until maybe maybe too late. And his his career is still uh, very early on. He's he's only thirty years old, so he has a, a really really bright future ahead of him. But if he keeps picking roles like this, and yeah, he did Black Panther, which you know, of course, that's not. He was in Kick Ass too, as well. And those aren't roles that are really going to stick with people. Uh, unless you're really in those in those world but um get out widows queen slim uh, his character in widows which which he plays a gangster i think was uh, under underrated because a lot of people didn't see that movie but i we know he's the, he's a proven commodity when you look at this movie and you see him you know he's going to be the proven commodity so i'm not gonna spend too much time talking about him but not because he didn't do an amazing job in this role and he shows such a complexity complexity of of the black man like there's a point where he just kind of tells her to shut up like he's vulnerable but also like not in the negative sense of vulnerable like he's not afraid to be vulnerable until his feelings like he never you never get a sense of really toxic masculinity from him in this film and it, he plays this role in such a way that it's like I don't know it's hard for me to describe it's hard for me to put in words because it's 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 true like like we're all different shades of something and he didn't play this character as one thing he played it as a multi-layered black man and There's a scene in which he talks to his father. You know what? We'll save that. (laughs) We'll save that. Um, But the bright star in this movie who's going to stand out to me is Jodie Turner Smith, and so this was her first major role, Um, and that says a lot. Like she's had side roles in like The Neon Demon, Lemon, uh, Newness, and uh, she's she was like a siren in True Blood, but this is like her first first big role. And (laughs) first of all. The fact that they casted such a dark skinned woman in this role and had her be a lawyer. She's smart. She's beautiful. She's um, not afraid to, like, have that hardness that our black women have, but also show her vulnerability. And when she talks about how the fact that she likes to be alone, it 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 was acted perfectly. Um, And so. In casting her, like I and um the the director Melina said that they knew with the woman in this role they wanted to cast someone who wasn't a proven commodity. They wanted to cast someone and give someone a, a black woman an opportunity to have a bigger platform and to really um expose a new a new black woman uh to the to the masses and I think that they've done that. They've done that. Like she is just such a powerful character in this movie and you go through the scene of when they're told to, because uh, and, and this, I, I don't count this as a spoiler. If you do, I apologize, but it's in the poster. If you've seen the trailer, you've seen it. She starts out with braids. She gets her hair cut. And in like doing that and showing that she like she didn't like it at first, but she found a way to still be sexy and be comfortable in it. Um, I think this is an important thing that needed to be seen with our black women because we know our women care about their hair. So I, uh, I wanted to talk about that. Also um and then kind of the last thing before we get into spoilers uh with this movie is the stereotypes in this movie. So the we have so many different stereotypes in this movie when you really stop and think about it. We have the people who just want to keep their head down and get along and who look at what happens in this movie as like you guys are bringing too much attention. We 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 don't want that. You have the radical and someone that was played by a young black man a a, a radical. Uh you have the um The allies, the white allies in this movie. And then you have, I'm just going to call it this because it's really more complex than this. We'll talk about it in the spoiler section. You have the Uncle Tom in this movie as well. I think when you look at all those stereotypes that kind of all come together to form what happens in this movie, it was so beautifully done. Um, and I like how they oh also the the racist cop, which is a stereotype as well. They worked it out to where in this film you really get a slice of not just black culture, but you get a slice and, and, a, and not not necessarily an appreciation, but an understanding of of where these different characters are coming from in their place, except for the last one. And we'll talk about that in the spoiler section. But I like because this film in seeing the previews for me, it just it like, I think the trailers for this movie painted it as something that I didn't expect. Like I've, i I kind of looked at the trailers and maybe that's just me is that I looked at it as like, it was going to be this black blonde, Bonnie and Clyde type story. And it's so much deeper than that, really. I mean, and maybe this is the Bonnie and Clyde of this generation, but it was, it was so much more layered than this. You find people who are not only discovering themselves, but for the first time you get a feeling that They're being vulnerable in a way that they have never really been able to be with someone uh, before this. And I think that's what really hooks you in with these characters, so to say, Um, in my opinion. And it it made this movie probably like even more powerful than what it could have been just if it was a straightforward black Bonnie and Clyde. And that's what I expected walking in. And I got so much more than that. And I want to go back like again, the way that this movie was written. Um and Lena, if 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 you don't understand the complexities that Lena Waith wrote into this, you I can understand why you would have issues with her with, with her writing style, but there is just so much thrown like so many layers into this movie. And you guys, this podcast is fucking titled The Awakened Soul. Like, I, I am a layered motherfucker. Like, this is the shit that I look forward to in movies is layers. Um, And that's what we were given in this movie. And I'm trying, like, before I get into anything else, like, with um before i get into the spoiler section the soundtrack like i talked about the music in this in this movie and of course that that basically means that the soundtrack is amazing and if you haven't checked out the queen slim soundtrack check it out listen to it it's not like some of the soundtracks where there's the scores and some of the titles give away things that happen in the movie go and check out the soundtrack even before you watch the movie or you know what wait because i know for me i didn't listen to the soundtrack before i saw the movie And so a lot of these songs i were i was hearing for the first time in this film, and I think overall, like to, to kind of all bring it home before we get into the spoiler section. For those who are going to be sticking through that the spoiler section, is that this is just a film about black love. And when you see the title of this podcast, it's a melanated love story, and because that's what it is, like it's it's seeing two people who carry the weight of being African Americans in this country. Like it's not just the the typical. If you can't, it's of course it's not the typical falling in love movie, but. It's it's how black love is. It's seeing the weight that are that the black men carry and the burden and the the trauma that we deal with, and it's also seeing the the weight that the black woman deals with of uh, something that she had to do in this movie, like directly carrying the weight of a black man, not the main character. Again, we'll talk about that in the spo- spoiler section, but she's dealt with like coming up through law school, having to be a black woman in law, and you see that on her face, like with the moment that the the plot gets started in this movie and, you know, a cop gets shot. That's not a spoiler. I'm sorry if you're sensitive to that, but that was in the trailer. As you see how that develops, it's like from the moment it happens. And I love that they showed her just being a smart fucking queen, a queen. Um, but yeah, that that's that's kind of it for the non-spoiler section. I'm, I'm just really ready to talk spoilers if you can't tell in this movie. So we're going to go ahead and you're gonna hear another, uh, another commercial for another Breaks Media podcast. We're going to get some more music. And on the other side of that, we're going to jump right into the spoilers of this movie um, and <laughs> end the show after that. So I'll see you guys right after this.
1: Hey, guys. It's your girl, back Easy. Hi, everybody. It's your girl, Joanne. Hey, guys. It's Trell. And this is The Team. And we want to welcome you into our group chat where we talk any and everything from ABCs of sex to finding your passion. Catch us every other Tuesday on Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and YouTube. Because we lit. Take that, take that. Damn. <laughs> 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 What is deep? Is deep and it's deeper and steep. So only knows this type of vibe gets stronger in time. I won't go on unknown. I won't. So concrete can't hold. Can't hold. Heart filled Whatever it is, I know that it's real. No
0: Alright, so as you can tell I let that music go a little I fucking love that song. Um yeah, I may I may have to sample that for for Love Lust and Badass so Just you know. So if you if you hear it there, a little remix later, you know where it came from. Um but nonetheless it's it's your boy CEO Hayes back and we're talking spoilers on Queen and Slim. So this is your final warning. I don't wanna hear nothing, I don't wanna see no tweets about Hayes ruin the movie for you i'm giving you fair warning this is your spoiler warning for queen and slim so we're gonna hop right into the plot so with uh the movie as we've seen in the trailer um the two characters who actually are not named in this movie until the very end we don't find out their names until the very end of the film and i think that that's powerful but ernest and angela uh, are on their very first date after swiping on each other on is it left or right i i don't know they swiped each other on twitter uh tinder tinder uh they swiped each other on tinder and they are on this first date and i think neither one of them seem to be enjoying themselves on this first date um she even makes a joke to like is this a place that you actually like or is this just all you can afford and in taking her home um he forgets to uh I believe his turn signal or he swerves and he turns and this cop pulls him over and we get the typical every day, like every movie that you see, like the cops, a dick, he pulls him over. He goes back to his car. We see him say he got a black guy an XYZ, and X, Y, Z and ask, asks Ernest to come out the car. Uh, he asks for permission. If he can search his trunk, he looks through, it looks through the boxes. Daniel's like, can you hurry up? And that like, he's like, it's cold. Can you hurry up? And um, that's where everything kicks off, and uh, Angela gets out the car, and she's accidentally shot, and like being scared and swerving, he fights the cop, he gets the gun, he shoots the cop, boom, right dead in the head, dead. They immediately go into like running away. Everything you saw in the trailer. So we're done with that part. Um, something I do want to say that I forgot to mention in the net na- in the non-spoiler part is that. They actually did film in Ohio, and uh, the, the director, Melina, did mention how it was important for her because she wanted the characters to feel the cold. Like, when Ernest is out there, Daniel uh, Kaluuya's character is out there uh, in the cold and saying it's cold, that's something that they really felt. They She wanted them to feel that. And so uh, this movie was actually filmed in January, rap, well, started in January, rap filming in March, and now it's released in November. That has to be one of the quickest turnarounds ever, especially with, with the, the quality that they were able to do deliver this movie in but to get back into the plot so as immediately as they go um on the run kind of boom so we saw again with the stereotypes We see the bad cop there the racist cop uh the very first next character that they kind of meet up with together is another cop they get in his car uh, because they ran out of gas and they don't know he's a cop initially and this guy's talking about like just He's a really good guy, and he's just saying how you know he he'll definitely help them hop in. He'll pay for them gas because they forgot their wallet in the car. As he's paying for the gas, he hears on the radio, "Got a cop shot in Cleveland, Ohio." I believe it was Cleveland, and he looks out at this couple, and then they say, "And the female was shot in the leg. She was bleeding from the leg." He actually had a first aid kit in the car and told her to stitch herself up. So immediately he knows he pays for it. He's gonna go out and still help them, and. They are in the middle, still in the car. They get back. They force him in the truck. And he's just like, look, I know. I know some of my colleagues, they can get overbearing. And you get the other side of the cricket cop. You get the good cop. And so they don't kill him at all. They put him in the truck. They go. They take his truck. They go. Here we run into our next stereotype. The guy who wants to be down. So they ask this kid to go in and buy them some food. Uh, he comes out with the food and says his dad wants to talk to him. He knows who he who they are. And this guy is the stereotypical black power. Put up the fist. Now, nah, boy, he's like, I got bitches like he's just the stereotypical black guy. Another stereotype. Um, and so in that, that's when we start seeing that this is becoming a movement. Even this, this was the same night. So this movie happens over the course of six days. This was night still in the middle of night one. And already they're kind of becoming a movement when you see this guy. She comes up with the plan of they're going to go to her uncle's house in New Orleans. That's when we get our next stereotype. <laughs> we get um, Bookham Woodbine. Is that Bookim? Bookim Woodbine. You guys would know him from Jason's lyric. He's probably the most well known actor in this movie, other than India Moore, who we'll talk about also. And um, so he's Uncle Earl. It's Uncle Earl's house. He's a pimp. He has his women in the house, half naked, uh, and she's talking. Uh, to him about loaning the money, and there, this is where they kind of come up with what's going to, to drive this movie. Uh, I think uh, Ernest had mentioned it earlier, they're going to try to get to Cuba. So, in that, they get to the plan is to get to Florida, and then they'll figure out how to get over the body of the water, as Angela mentions it. And that's when the plot kicks in. So, we get this overnight at Uncle Earl's house. Next stereotype Uncle Earl's a black pimp, uh, who, uh, even Indian Moore's character mentioned how he's goddess is her name. He's not anything in the streets, but in that house, he's a king. So we get the toxic masculinity male, the one who isn't, who who knows that he's not anything out in the outer world because of what he is or whatnot. He's an ex vet or whatever. Again, that shows another complexity of how we don't take care of our veterans when they come back from serving war. That's a you know, and I'm passionate about that because my father and mother are both veterans and they both served in wars. That's a story for another day. and so as we add, we're just adding layers and complexity and we end up finding out that Angela's very first case that she tried as a lawyer was for her uncle Earl. That's why he owes her one, but he killed her mother. So he's a drunk, uh, in, in a rage, he, he knocks her down the stairs. We end up getting the story of her telling like how, what she felt in, in trying to defend the man that killed her mother. And this is where we get, like I said, Angela is such a powerful black queen and, and someone who, who who's dealing with a lot internally and so as we're going uh and we're learning this uh one of the un- uncle earl in a drunk raid smacks one of his one of his his concubine and she calls her ex-boyfriend who was a cop and he shows up and uh this is where we get the crooked black cop. We'll get a good black cop later on in the movie as well. And so he's like, well, I'm going to come back with a warrant. He notices the truck that they stole from the the cop earlier. Doesn't say anything. He leaves. So they're like, you got to go. They burn the trunk. They, the the truck, they leave. He gives uh, them his car, gives them a number to a couple uh, or to someone he served with. We don't know. It's a couple at that point. And they're going to help them uh, get to Florida and figure out how to get over that, that body of water and get into Cuba. And so, Get them traveling on the road again. we we'll get some more conversations with them. And uh, they eventually, and I may have this out of order, so I can't remember if the the mechanic or the dancing scene in the bar comes first. But either way, the, the car, uh, They well, they just slow down for the night. And as she goes to sleep, she wakes up, and they talk about what well, would he have taken her on a second date. She says she wouldn't have accepted, but then she wants to know what the second date would have been. And they're parked outside of this jazz kind of restaurant, just this hole in the wall bar. And they go in and they're trying to be low key. They're dancing. They're technically having their second date. He goes and gets them a drink, which he promised her. And that that's when the bartender says, you're safe here. Again, this is how we show how people become movements without even knowing it. And so it builds into this thing in the movie where they are really like people really think that they did this for a reason. It ended up coming out that the cop that they killed had shot and killed a black man a couple of years prior. So they're thinking, was it was it people are thinking, uh, was it retaliation? Was this purposeful? And they didn't even mean to start a movement. They literally got pulled over by Wim. And so they leave this, the car eventually breaks down. We get into uh, so they push it and they go into this mechanic, and this mechanic is saying, Well, I could I could fix it, but it's gonna be a day or two. I have the parts tomorrow. They're like, Well, we can't wait till then. How much will it take us? He charges us. Turns out the cop knew all along. I mean, not the cop, sorry, the mechanic knew who they were and then uh, Ernest says well why didn't you give us a discount he says because I don't believe in what you're doing and this is where we get the the stereotype of the black man black person because it could have been a man or a woman but the black person who wants to just keep their head down doesn't want to stir up any trouble doesn't want to basically they're getting by how they can without really causing a scene or causing any commotion they want to keep their head down and so in this he's like all right they're bothering him they're watching him he's like all right look i'm going to have my son take you guys on a walk around when you come back the car will be done and so they walk with this kid and this kid is just he's he knows who they are he's talking about it he's talking what they what they mean to him what they mean to people the fact that there's a, a rally uh the next day that's going to be basically because of what they did and he talks about the fact of how he just wants to be seen how he wants to be remembered, how he would, he would, he would, he basically looks up to them and idolizes them. And his, this kid's name is Junior. And this is where we get the thing that touched me most in this movie is because as a father and at, like this kid, basically, as you, it's clear seen if he struggles from something, uh, some, some shape form of mental health, regardless what it is, I'm not qualified to diagnose it, but he clearly keeps that way. And in his interaction with his father, you can tell that this, again, is that how we've been for generations where we ignore the mental health. This kid is basically crying out to just be seen, to be noticed, to be important. And so the very the next day after they leave, that rally happens. And so he's standing in the front line of this rally. They throw smoke bombs. He he. everybody runs. He kind of runs off to the side. This cop comes up to him. He's like, what, you going to kill me. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. And the cop pulls up his helmet and it's a black cop. He's like, look, I don't want to hurt you. He's like, I like. We, just go home, I don't want to arrest you I will, I don't want to arrest you And the kid pulls out a gun And shoots the cop right in the face And this is where people, radicals use Like A, it talks about the mental health And why it needs to be taken more seriously But it also talks about how These movements get started Can turn into something that necessarily They weren't they weren't meant to be initially And radicals get a, a hand of it And then it becomes something else completely So as Cl- Queen and Slim Um, make their way. They make their way to the couple. They don't know that this young man's been killed. So they make their way to the white couple. These are where the allies are coming in. So it's Mr. And Mrs. Shepard. Mr. Shepard served with uncle Earl, Earl in the war. And he's just like, and they're asking them these questions first. Well, did you, you know, the young, the young boy was shot. He was killed. Um, and that's when we found out the boy, the boy was killed and he's like, well, did you order him to do it? And they're like, order him to do it. And you see, like, they have really become something. And they're starting to realize like the movement that they've become in their names that they really don't have any part in. They didn't mean that at all. And so we see the allies in this and they hide them in the house. The police end up coming. And so they hide in this thing under the bed for, and I'm giving a whole rundown of the movie. Like this is how passionate. And I hate even in the film frequency, we don't talk about the plots as much as as, as I'm doing here. Like so we get these level of, of characters like um, coming in and out, and so eventually they're they're hitting and they're they're hiding, and they they go and a black cop sees them. This black cop was being um, really talked down to by his partner, a white cop, and he kind of lets he lets them go, and ultimately like this is where we in between all this, we start getting the scenes of them falling, falling in love. And we see queen let slim up. Yeah. Queen let slim in on his, on her mother being killed and her defending him and her not liking to be around people. And we see his vulnerability. We get a phone call with him and his father and his father tells the police. He's not, they're not, he's not helping them get his son. And we, we see all these levels and all this complexity in this movie and, this is where it's like it's a it's just a, a modern day black epic. And I'm sorry, I know I just spent like the last fifteen minutes running down the pot. Go see the go see the goddamn movie. I, I apologize. But um in in like seeing like I said like that, that that the kid who played Junior, like seeing that he has some some mental health issues going on, seeing the how broken uh Angela really is on the inside and seeing Daniel and seeing that, that them try to hold on to hope while also falling in love with each other is just powerful as fuck to see um and then the ending of this movie the ending of this movie they think that they finally make it to this plane and it turns out the black guy who uh was supposed to help them from the shepherds who was supposed to get them to a guy who knew the plane turned them into the police he, he, he let them know where they were going to be and we get to standoff with the police and the, and angela and ernest are talking and he's like he mentioned in earlier in the in the movie how he wanted his woman his woman was going to be his legacy because more than anything else when he leaves this earth how she saw him is what is what's going to be his legacy and he asked her well she she asked can I be your legacy and as he's saying you already are uh, a overzealous cop shoots her and that broke me like to see that and him picking her up and get shot like overall I know I just spent a lot of time talking about this movie. You can't tell that it just, and this is all off the top of the dome. I don't have shit written down. That's how well I like I'm sitting here studying this movie and, and just really engulfed in what is going on. Um, it's just so much complexity. Like I said, so many different stereotypes, so many different ways you can break this down psychologically. This was my type of movie to see this type of layer. And for people to, to anyone who, who's breaking this down, I don't know, this movie is made for $17 million. Uh, last budget I checked is already made $16 million back. So it's, it's going to be profitable, but this is just the first weekend. I know, for example, for us, when we were trying to go see it, like we couldn't even book seats together because the, the movie was sold out. And I love when we show up. I always say like with me personally, I don't show up for every black, film because if it's bad i'm not gonna put my money into it so that they these companies think they can put keep putting them keep putting out these terrible black movies and they're just gonna get the black dollar for it but this is one that i'm not at all mad that i put my money into if you can't tell by this long ass review i just did of it (laughs) um and this is very like i don't do this very often so that i hope let you guys know just how well and how much this this movie set with me And in my spirit, like every role and oh, I didn't talk about India more. Um, The director, Melina, talked about how they didn't want to define her gender in this movie. So they don't say whether she's transgender, whether she's male, whether she's They don't say it. And I think that shows a lot in a what India means as an actress. Like, yeah, this was a a bit role. She played a prostitute. It's not like anything groundbreaking or anything. But that type of role wouldn't have been available for her before. Pose came out. Um, I think, like, that, A, showed the the number of transgender actresses that are in this world who can actually act their fucking ass off, and, yeah, I, I, it's going to just keep being walls broken down for her. Like, we're going to see her, and I think she's, she's young, too. She's, like, 24, 25 years old, so she has a very very long time ahead of her and i'm glad to see her in movies like this and it's just another stepping stone as we continue to build into her career and see where she's going to go ultimately but let me know what you guys feel about this as you can see the movie stuck with me in my soul it really did it's in my spirit that, that's how well i feel about this i am definitely going to be watching this again um and please show off for it if you had any problems with it or you disagree with any kind of of how i saw these characters and saw things break down but i, I just ultimately think that this is not just a love story it's not just a Bonnie and Clyde story. It's really an epic when you think about everything that's in it, and I love those type of movies where you live in in people's lives for a period of time. And I love like that. That was already gonna hook me in. um This just I, I'm just so pleasantly surprised by just how much I enjoyed this this movie. Um, but I'm out. That that's it. I, I know I kept you guys, and that was just me solo hosting i need to get back to this like i started off as a 100 percent solo host with like guests on certain segments but i really do enjoy when there's something i'm this passionate about just sitting in front of the mic it's my therapy it's me working it out through my head and letting you guys know like how i'm thinking and how i'm breaking down this movie in my mind like and i'm glad i was able to give you the spoiler in the non-spoiler section um and we'll be talking about it on the film frequency again at the end of the month so um uh, it gives me more time to see it again, more time to kind of form my thoughts even more and let's break it down in a, in a more, uh, you know, a more straightforward review format and not just like this fucking is this a monologue this is too long to be a monologue like I, you guys let me know what the fuck this is because this is this isn't a, just a monologue but i'm your host ceo hayes you can follow me at ceo h-a-i-z-e you can follow the podcast at awaken Soap. pod make sure you go to Network.com as well where you can check out all the podcasts that are part of the network uh the two that you heard uh previews for here or clips for promos whatever the fuck you want to call it. i've been talking for two goddamn long that's what it is. And when I do start talking too long, my brain goes into weird ass places. I had a whole nother segment plan on, um, on the importance of taking responsibility in not only your your successes, but also taking responsibilities for your failures as well, because that's where you can find where the growth is. Um and this is just went too long because I started fucking running down the whole movie. So I'm not even going to deliver that segment. So be on the lookout for that next week. Again, that's going to be taking responsibility in your successes, but also your failures, taking responsibility for where you fail at. So we'll, we'll be talking about that next week. I will see you lovely and beautiful people. Then until then, make sure you check out uh, my other podcast, love less Badass. Badass So the breaks radio, the film frequency, um, And just any guest spots that I may pop up on. Who knows? I'm all over the fucking creative space. Uh, So I'll see you lovely and beautiful people next week. Peace.